Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. And you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. 53106 is our text number. That will cost you 30 cent. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm delighted to say Barbara and Declan join us once again for So You Think You're Another. Good afternoon to you both. Hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. Yeah, I just, just heard, uh, um, Declan's on a phone uh, from from sounds like Tanzania or someplace. Uh, uh, <laughs> Tanzania. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, here's uh, here's your first question. I'm a single guy in my late thirties, and I've moved into a house I bought in March. An ex-colleague, a few years younger than me, moved into the estate at around the same time with his wife. During lockdown, myself and my ex-colleague reconnected and used to go for walks uh, two, uh, two or three evenings a week. We became very close and have similar personalities and interests and the same sense of humour. I get angry with his wife too. The problem is I'm a closet gay guy and I've realised I'm madly in love with this guy. I probably always have been. I decided I can't continue to meet up with him as I want something he can never give me and it's become too difficult for me. I know it's selfish and I've really hurt his feelings. He has asked if I've uh, done something to upset me, uh, which he hasn't at all. I just say not at all and I'm very busy at the moment now lockdown has ended. I feel absolutely terrible and miss his company a lot, but I don't intend sharing my sexuality with him or anyone else. And I can't avoid him as we live so close. How do I keep my distance and remain on friendly terms without continuing to hurt my friend and myself? I think I should really go to Declan first on this one. I think he'd be... Yeah. Uh, well, why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really want to yeah, hear what Barbara has to say. As a married man, you yeah. know, this is... Uh, you may have some uh, insight yeah. on this. He wants to hear me walk I, myself into all kinds of trouble <laughs> first. Yeah, no, carry on, Declan. You got the stage. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I did. I, I didn't think that you would you would say anything wrong, Barbara. <laughs> I just wanted to hear what you say. And um, I, I said, I said, this is an interesting one because it's kind of two different problems. The one problem is that you know how do you handle um, you know unrequited love having feelings for somebody who can't or won't or, or doesn't reciprocate them. And then the other problem is, is the one that's wrapped up in, in the kind of sexuality thing. So I think, I think the first part of the problem is kind of the one that's, that's messy because that's the one that's the most immediate and it's the one that's kind of leading us into the, the topic about this guy's closet of sexuality. Um, and I think when it comes down to, to, to that, I think all of us can kind of understand what it feels like to, to dice around uh, rejection and, the, you know, or, or potential rejection and all the kind of uh, tools and all the, the games that we play with ourselves so we don't put ourselves in the position where we, we get that knockback. Um, I think in this instance, um, I think there's, there's loads of, like, evidence to suggest that this guy is, is barking up the wrong tree entirely. The guy is married uh, and the, the, the gay guy isn't to his own um, understanding he, he's not um, obviously gay so that the other guy probably maybe doesn't know about the sexuality thing so um, I think from that instance I think you know obviously it's just a mess and he, he you know he needs to step away from that from that point of view when it comes into that the, the closeted side of things that's just going to be an ongoing um, mess for this person because uh, you know that they they've said several things in their letter which 
are kind of ambivalent or a little bit confused. Um, he seems to be very adamant that he doesn't want to share his sexuality with his, with this guy or, or anybody else. He's very adamant about that. But at the same time, he's kind of confused about how he felt about this guy before. He says, I probably always have been in love with this guy. And he doesn't even seem to know his own feelings and his own emotions. And that's a classic symptom of somebody who's repressing their sexuality and pushing it down into a box in the kind of a deal with this later kind of pile. And the problem with that is that it, it, it never gets dealt with later. It, you know, there's only one way you can handle that, and that's by being open with yourself and probably most necessarily, if you want to engage in a relationship, open with somebody else. Um, I think that this issue is going to be an ongoing problem for him in the sense that he's, he's always going to have that, that um, tension between revealing himself and, and, um, and the pain of, of potential rejection. And, and a lot of that is, is more in his head. Now, I'm not saying that every single person who comes out of the closet goes on to have a, a wonderful life free of homophobia and full of the joys of, of relationships and all that. Of course, they don't. But I do think that people who come out of the closet um, find other sources of support and validation and often relationships and, and a community and all that kind of stuff that is a it's a healthier place i believe than the one where it's all happening inside your own head yeah but is so. is there i don't know is there even a, a somewhere you could go where they can help you in this yeah. process of of coming out of the closet well, well the problem the problem is is that it, is that, as this guy said, and I refer to it already, he, he doesn't intend sharing his sexuality with this guy or anybody else. Uh, and that's kind of because he knows that, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that once you, you let that thought into the front of your head or the thought out of your mouth, it becomes no longer this, you know, secret inside it. You know, it's not, no longer trapped inside of your um, consciousness or your imagination it's out into the, into the world now obviously there are counsellors and there are people you can talk to and obviously they're you know uh, covered by you know professional codes and all that kind of stuff I do think this is something that he would definitely benefit from because I think he needs to actually front up to this now if he were to go to counselling and talk to somebody you know in a purely confidential way he might actually end up coming out at the other side of it, deciding that I don't want to ever engage with this part of my identity. It's not, it's not going to be the be-all and end-all for me. I'm going to engage with other parts of my identity. I don't know how successful that's going to be, and I don't know whether it's a, you know, a, a, a road to, to kind of mental ruin, but I, um, I, it would be a good thing for me, I think, rather than um, kind of taking a chance on some, some random person to share that with, doing it in a professional kind of, context might be might be safer for this person i think often though and it happens a lot with a certain kind of of gay person is that they identify so much of their identity in a kind of a normality and i'm using very big scary quote fingers now in a normality that they they aspire to or they feel is a safe place to be and for reasons that they may not have recognized are entirely homophobic they kind of they don't want to be like the other gays the other gays don't you know appeal to them they don't they don't recognize themselves there um, and they kind of buy into the stereotypes and they kind of set themselves apart from it and again that's kind of a it lets a road to, to unhappiness as well because you know not every single gay person is exactly the same I think we, we all realize that as we go along our little gay journeys that we go, yeah, there are certain stereotypes and there are certain aspects of us that make us the gays, but not every gay man, for example, is the same. Some of us are very camp and 
some of us are very butch and you know that's it that's just and it's the same for the straights uh, indeed uh, and people are always telling me to be less butch uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a I, I didn't think that I'd get such a big laugh uh, 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 frankly uh, um, and I've been told on occasion to be less butch yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go okay yeah, well me and, me and Barbara arm wrestle during the commercial break uh, the, uh, I, I suppose on, on the second part Barbara this fellow might think I've too much to lose if I come out. I thought, a... you know, what I took away from, from this letter, I, I found it just terribly sad that, that this man would feel safer in the closet, as it were, than in the world. Mm. And I guess for many of us who are not gay or, or any of the other ones, um, we kind of have this maybe overly simplistic notion that since marriage equality and that here, that, you know, Ireland was a reasonably uh, comfortable place now in which to 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 be, you know, not heterosexual. Um, and it's kind of sad that, you know, I'd really love to know more about why he feels safer in the closet. Because as Declan said, this... Not and I mean you know I I even hate the idea that 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 LGBTQI people have to come out have to make some kind of Still, big yeah. announcement like that this is how they are and hopefully we'll move beyond that at some stage, but I just think that the fact that he 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 is not he is keeping his his sexuality hidden. Um, is going to give him problems, more problems as we go down the line, you mm. know, um, because as Declan said, you know, the, the, the issue of unrequited love, of falling in love with somebody who isn't available or isn't, uh, you know, um, is in this case probably not gay. Um, it, that's something that's actually made even more complicated by the fact that the, the 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 guy with whom he has fallen in love is not obviously aware that his ex colleague yeah. and now neighbour is a gay man. Um, so I, I just again I would I would I would echo what Declan has said is that my 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 instinct was that you know he he needs to talk to somebody about this. Now it's his choice at the end of the day. Nobody has to declare anything about their sexuality, yeah. but I just think from from a life point of view. Um, that surely, I mean, as Declan said, it's not going to be all the better roses uh, going forward, but surely it would be easier if his um, sexuality wasn't a hidden part of him, that it was that he embraced it fully and was able to be open about it. Um, as regards the unrequited love, yeah, that's awful. Um but like, there's really like, there's no, <laughs> there's no, ha- there's no magic potion to sort that out. He's fallen mm. in love with somebody who doesn't love, isn't in love with him, probably isn't going to be in love with him. And he's probably done the right thing by standing back. But if he, if he wasn't keeping his sexuality hidden, I think that the, the neighbour and ex-colleague with whom he has fallen in love might have a better understanding as to why suddenly he has cut yeah. uh, their relationship and, and is not seeing him. Um is it is it, actually well, is this too much of a stretch? Is your is your man like because he's not really he hasn't explored his, sex, his own sexuality? What he's describing is a little naive. I mean, the the line I even get on well with his wife as if in some fantasy version the wife wouldn't <laughs> yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it's that. I think I think what he means is that. Um, is apart from the the kind of the, the feelings he has for this guy, everything else would, would it was stacking up for them to be the best of friends, and it was you know it would have been a great situation. But now, unfortunately, it's become a difficult situation. Now, I, I do want to say one thing is that is that often when we're wrapped up in our own little world, and this guy, as I already mentioned, is living his sexual identity entirely inside his own head, which, which blows the whole thing up, makes it much bigger and, and, and obviously much more private. But it also means that um, he, he's, he's probably 
attributing the other people with way more interest than I don't mean sexual interest. I mean, mm. what I'm trying to say in brief is that Nobody people don't cares. necessarily care as much yeah. as you think they do yeah. about yeah. you. I don't mean about your sexuality. I Does mean, <laughs> if you kind of slowly move yourself out of this guy's life, he might just think you're a bit of a tool. And he'll go, I don't know what happened there, but something happened there. And we're not made anymore. Shine, end of no discussion. It's not, it doesn't have to be like a, a storyline from Fair City. It doesn't have to be a big drama. It's just, yeah, that's it. It didn't work out. Shine, ghost them. That's it. Done. Happens all the time. Get over yourself. Yeah. Uh, indeed. Now, I, maybe in his own life, it won't go down, wouldn't go down well in the Mormon prayer centre yeah. or whoever, you know, uh, <laughs> if, uh, if he revealed yeah. he was gay. True. Uh, right, okay, my question for Barbara and Declan is, how do I know if I'm in love? After my marriage of 25 years broke up, I stayed single for the next five years. I'm 55 now. I now met someone and I'm very keen on him. We are dating nearly for four months now and meet all the time. We have both been badly hurt, so we are treading carefully, I guess. He's my first thought of the day, my last thought at night. He makes me laugh and smile all the time. My heart skips a beat when I see his photo or when my phone pings with a message from him. I'm a bit cynical, I suppose, but I do wonder if I'm in love or just the lovely early stages of a relationship. Any advice would be appreciated. Sorry, you left, left the last line out. Could you read the last line, please? I love your slap, but Thank I always think that sounds weirdly <laughs> ambiguous. <laughs> 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 it's oh like what God. the first guy should have said, yeah, really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. oh dear well I would like to thank that woman Did for you, no, you should never read out those things in the radio self right. praise is no praise do you know something yeah, there, was a, there was a very I won't name him but there was a very famous um, uh, um, RTE broadcaster who became known as I'll say X love the show X oh, I don't right. know he was known internally so, okay yeah, so the I last d- thing my daughter said to me going out uh, today was I, I gave myself a compliment and she said exactly that self praise is no <laughs> praise so yeah the universe is obviously delivering me a message fair enough but she did make a compliment and I thank her for that um, I, I think this is a lovely letter um, yeah. despite the fact that the writer says she's a bit cynical I don't think she really is mm. and uh, you know I think she knows the answer to the question she's posing but she's just afraid to hope um, I mean in my humble opinion and with my limited experience um, she is in love I mean love is all about those lovely early stages in the relationship and I love when she describes how he's her first thought in the day and her last thought at night he makes her smile and laugh and her heart skips a beat like it doesn't get any better than that um, so yeah. yeah I mean I would be fairly confident of uh, that she what she is describing is actually being in love um, and I think probably she was married for what does she say 25 years so she knows that you know after a while the relationship will morph into something different you know the love grows deeper if you like but that fizz it's like yeah you know it's yeah. like champagne it's not it's it turns into wine rather than you mm. know stays with the bubbles and all the excitement of that um so like what i would say to you is i think you're overthinking it a little bit here um there's no diagnostic test for love but I think what you describe sounds to me fierce like love and I think enjoy it and uh, you know try and let go of some of the um, some of your your natural reticence to hold things back because as you say neither of you want to to get hurt and you're both both treading carefully that's fine but don't let it stop you from enjoying it all and um, yeah good luck Right that's a yes Declan Yes Yeah I think I think often and, and especially like this this woman, um, you know, if you've been in a relationship where you've been badly hurt, um, you, you kind of go into your next relationship with, with, with a kind of with, with trepidation, but also you're, you're, you're looking for certainties. Unfortunately, you know, relationships and life just 
doesn't deal with certainties. You know, the, the road winds and bends and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. So the real key to it is enjoying the now rather than imagining what's happening into the future. I, I wonder whether this woman, what she's really saying to us is, I've started a relationship and I really like this guy and he makes me feel really good and it's all going really, really well and I know how I feel about it but I'm not sure if I know how he feels about it because that's, you know, what's going to determine whether this relationship is successful going onwards is if we're both on the same page. And I think, unfortunately, um, again, that, that answer is just not going to be forthcoming because the reality of it is that you can only go based on the evidence of how things work today. And like Barbara says, I mean, this is a lovely letter. I, I, you know, the, my first reading was, where's the problem? There is no problem. The only problem is, is that she's been hurt before and she's taking things cautiously. And that's not necessarily a problem. That's just, you know, that's mindset. And if she's kind of like aware that that's her mindset, that she's going into the stuff with a little bit of like, um, you know, as I said, trepidation. That, but she has to ensure that she enjoys the moment and enjoys all of that because next you know, tomorrow comes and then the day after, the next thing you know, you're you're 25 years later, you know, so just enjoy it is, is what I'd say. Yeah, and uh, E texted her to say, out of a marriage for five years and yes, love is possible afterwards. I'm in a lovely relationship now, complete turnaround. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, so, happy, uh, happy day. So that's three yeses to you there. You yeah. are in love. Yeah. You can start to start tripping through love. the fields and all the rest <laughs> of it. Uh, right, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, after that, my boyfriend constantly texts his ex. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. Barbara and Declan are still with us. Uh, one of the questions that uh, they were addressing was uh, from uh, someone who is gay but in the closet, uh, has fallen desperately in love with uh, an ex-colleague and now neighbour. Uh, but he's married and he's not gay. And so, you know, you can see the problem there. Uh, one texter says, I'm a heterosexual man and I've often been in impossible love. My way was just to resign to it and enjoyed every minute being with my own, my secret love without interfering with their relationship. It is the thing about respect and love. Not every desire needs to be fulfilled. Uh, someone else says, uh, as a straight man who's had quite a lot of male attention over the years, ooh, <laughs> wag your tail there. Uh, I can say I would rather hear about the feelings of a good friend than they cut me off. I also think your emailer would come to terms uh, to the uh, unrequited love easier this way and still have a friend. He sounds like the type of friend who would understand and support and not tell anyone of his friend's closet dwelling. Uh, Yeah, that's an interesting point. I wonder, but it doesn't sound like the guy is kind of at at that point where he's going to tell anyone about it. Uh, I had a very close friend, let's call her Betty, uh, who was a... Oh, but it isn't actually Betty, uh, who was a closeted lesbian, possibly bi. I never asked her directly... I knew she took issue with people who did. One day her mother had a brain hemorrhage and she wasn't in contact with me for some time. Around the same time, a mutual gay friend, let's call him Kevin, told me my friend was in fact a lesbian closeted to a certain extent. Mary ended up ghosting me, denied the distance between us and made me feel like we were never friends at all. My very wise gay uh, gay uncle said, God, there's so many characters in this story, (laughs) uh, said Betty was in love with me. I still don't know. Uh, What I do know is that six years later, it still hurts like hell and I still hold it against her. It was painful for me. It may have been uh, for her, uh, uh, her too, uh, but at least say I can't be in your life anymore and we can both uh, both walk away and wish each other the best. 
you'd be surprised uh, at the lengths people will go to uh, to hide their own sexuality as I think Declan has one or two great stories about yeah. that as well actually <laughs> not involving Declan I should point out and uh, uh, somebody else says apropos of nothing uh, I'm at the spa in Centre Parks drinking Pinot Grigio and listening to you uh, uh, no kids on my own life is good Ah, now I don't know if that means they drop dead at the end of that text or what that means. And, and why is somebody with no children at Centre Park? And why, and why are they in the spa, with all due respects to this fabulous radio station and this show and this slot, why are they listening to the radio when they're in the spa? Because that, like it's, listening it's, to talk it's, radio, it's, are they not meant to be listening to whale sounds? And... No, because there's nothing more relaxing than listening to other oh, people's yeah, problems. Okay. Ah, judgment. Enough. Ah, yeah, there's nothing like judging other people to make <laughs> well, you feel enjoy. good. Uh, right, next question. I've been with my boyfriend for five years now. We don't live together. In fact, we live in neighbouring counties. Over the years, I've noticed that my boyfriend has remained in contact with his ex. I've seen texts on his phone from her on various occasions, even when we were abroad on holidays. My boyfriend would never refer to the contact, and neither did I. Last month, I was particularly busy and was not available to my boyfriend. When things got back to normal, I was in the car with him and noticed he was receiving lots of texts from his ex. In my presence, he'd just ignore them without saying anything. I began to get curious about the content of the messages and so I went snooping in his phone and had a read. Some of the exchanges were pretty juvenile, flirty, jokey ones, as if they were in-jokes between them when they were together. Some jokes are the same that I had with my boyfriend and thought were ours. But then I realised they were just quips and my boyfriend was recycling with me. While some of the texting was a bit flirtatious, most of the messages were life updates with a friendly and familiar tone, the same kind he'd send me. I never let on to my boyfriend that I'd seen this thread of text. Last weekend when he arrived at mine, he was showing me something on his phone and I noticed there had been texts from the ex that, and that evening her name was at the top of the inbox list so when I got a chance to take a closer look the next day it was clear that my boyfriend had texted his ex just before hopping into bed with me. Nothing particularly flirty or anything, but n- nevertheless, I was upset by the timing. The way I looked at it was that the last thing he did on Saturday night before joining me in bed was text his ex. I felt humiliated and let down, to be honest. Am I overreacting, having not reacted to any of the previous stuff she told us about? Barbara? All the way, when I was reading that letter, all the way through it, I could hear uh, and I could see flashbacks to that famous interview that Princess Diana did when she mm. said, there, there were three of us in the way... Uh, in this marriage it was a bit crowded uh, because that's what it kind of sounds like here are you overreacting I don't think so um, I mean if we remove the she's fact underreacting she's underreacting yeah, yeah she's not over but I mean if we remove the fact that these texts are coming from your your boyfriend's ex and just say that they are coming from like one of the lads or whatever um, the fact that somebody thinks it's okay, like the only texts I would expect to get when I'm away on holidays would be from my family mm. um, or my husband if he wasn't with me or maybe my mother. Or that one that tells you to put the bin out tonight. Yes, I get yes, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if, but like you don't expect, even your friends would be kind of like, she's on her holidays, you know, unless there's something earth chatteringly important, mm. nobody will contact you. Um, the same as, as, you know, last thing at night. I mean, if anybody was texting me late at night about nothing in particular, you'd be like, why are you texting me at this hour of the night? Yeah, it's not yeah. a waste of the morning. So it, it, there's an inappropriateness to the to the timings of a lot of these stuff, as a lot of this stuff as well. But then put back in the fact that this is the ex and there's flirty jokes. Um, yeah, I think this is uh, very inappropriate. And I think that she definitely needs to have um, 
she needs to have a chat with the boyfriend even on the basis that like it's very bad mannered of him to attend to these texts as well uh, when they're coming in I mean he should be saying yeah no I'm on holidays like you know Mm. good luck I'll talk to you when I get back or it's you know ignoring the ones late at night rather than but the fact that he's engaging with them would be a bit of a red flag to me a bit of a like what's going on here Um, and I mean as per usual there's there's no way around this except by her talking about it and yeah. her talking to him about it and kind of trying to find what's going on. Um, yeah, no, I don't think you're overreacting. I wouldn't like this at all. And uh, But I think it, from the approach point of view, the best thing would probably be to approach it on the basis of like, you know, that's very rude, very, you know, bad mannered, very impolite to be texting late at night or when you're away or, you know, whatever. And move it, move it along that way and see, see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it could be the boyfriend is just enjoying the attention. You know, he's just been like a kid going, oh, it's great. Like, she still texts me. And she, he mightn't actually, to give him the benefit of the doubt, he mightn't be actually that interested in his ex. But the fact that the attention is still there. It might be what is engaging him and what he's enjoying. But uh, she needs to kind of put a bit of a stop to that, I think. It sounds to me like the kind of texting they're due is the texting you do to your boyfriend or girlfriend. Kind of is, yeah. And so it kind of feels like cheating. There might be any physical thing going on, but it's kind of emotional cheating. It's definitely blurring boundaries that that, uh, isn't, isn't healthy. Definitely not. And unfortunately, because he knows... She's seen these texts. She knows, he knows, she knows it's been going on for a while. He, In his mind, he can say, well, it's, she's fine with it. Yeah. Without having had that conversation. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, she definitely needs to talk to him about it. So, Declan, should they... Uh, we haven't split up any couples for ages. This no. Is it about time? <laughs> um, I, I think we're being a little bit harsh on, on the boyfriend here. Uh, in, uh, like, it seems like when the texts come in, he, he doesn't actually handle them while he's with his girlfriend. Now, all things aside, I totally get there's a certain level of, of intimacy that's that's a little bit kind of much. But can we just point out that the, the, the person who actually uh, has betrayed trust and uh, has breached privacy is the one who's actually going into the phone of somebody else and reading, reading through their messages. Based on, like, that's a bit, that's a bit much, considering that was your first you know, the first port of call should have been to to kind of ask, "Oh, you're still getting texts from your ex, and what kind of relationship do you have with her, and what's going on there?" and 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 keeping that whole thing out in the open because for it to be this thing, as as Sean just said there, for it to be something that that seems to be kind of tacitly approved of, but it's still kind of happening, you know, behind, you know, in the shadowy parts of your man's day, isn't, it's just stupid because all that does is it breeds um, the kind of uh, uncertainty and, and the doubts that this this woman is feeling. Um, again, like a classic, it's like, why have you not spoken these words out loud? Why does mm. it have to be all this surreptition and sneaking around and and messing. I think at the end of the day, you know, you need to say, you get a lot of texts from her. Why are you texting her so often? What's going on in your relationship? What's, and what, what is that? We're together five years. You know, this stuff needs to be a bit more out in the open is all I'm saying. So, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's, I don't necessarily think as Barbara said, that there's something happening. I don't think there's something happening. I think, he, like Barbara said again, um, he likes <laughs> it. And he's probably just used to it. It's probably just habits. They've been, you know, they went out with each other for a while. They just, you know, I'd say they may be cons- I'd say you're being very, I'd say, I mean, you know, I'd say you're, I know you don't want to be too harsh, but I think you're being, I think he's enjoying it. I think you're giving him like a fair lot of uh, uh, Yeah, okay, okay, fine. But I mean, 
I don't know what what, what kind of relationship the, the the letter writer and her boyfriend have, and and I don't know um you know whether he's very dominant and 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 he's she's he's actually you know basically walking all over her, or if that's the case, that's awful, and, and you know he's he's obviously being a bit of a dog, but if he's just the kind of person who's still pals with his ex, I mean, is that a crime? Is it a crime to go, you know, I went out with Barbara for five years and. Every now and again, we will still text and have a laugh. I, I mean, I think if it's like multiple texts every single day, and it's it's as Sean said, if it's a complete, if it's a drain on the emotional resources of your own relationship, then that's something that needs to be called out. That's, and also, this couple but, have been together for five years. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. been he's been she's been his ex five years ago. Do you know what I mean? So it's not a recent like it's a recently yeah. uh, thing. This is five years later. The, the the ex and, and he are still in like very constant contact. That's weird. Yeah, and she says uh, on various occasions, but that's the occasion she's noticed it. Yeah, not and and yeah, you know, no, given yeah. last time, uh, I mean, last is... thing at night and uh, before he gets into bed with her and when they're on holidays. Ah. Is it a complete no no to look at your partner's phone? Uh, I just think it's a bit sketchy. It, it, well, it is. Yeah, generally speaking, it, <laughs> it is. For a friend. It, it is a bit sketchy. But uh, at the same time, if she it, she kind of needs to know. What, no, she does. No, at the same time, you're bro- bloody ask him. Yeah. Like, what's wrong in your relationship yeah, exactly. that you won't that's ask him? And, and if she's scared of the problem. answer, she might get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or she's scared of making demands, emotional demands in her relationship and creating boundaries. That's the problem. She needs to say, you know what. Uh, you're texting her a lot and I don't feel comfortable and when I'm away you seem to go to her for you know emotional support and that feels weird to me because you know as Barbara said there shouldn't be three of us in this relationship so mm. get rid of Camilla get rid of Camilla <laughs> uh, Anya says he has to go end of uh, but Fiona says but what if, if she's a distant ex is it more appropriate if it's a recent ex I I, I, I she is a distant ex, though. Yeah, Five years she's a ago, ex. Well, I'd be interested she's... to know, like, has she got someone in her life? Yeah. Who's texting her? Uh, Paul says, I text my ex. There's nothing between us. It's just friendship. But I do have to keep it secret from my partner because like your Ooh. letter writer, I know she'd take it the wrong way. Oh, oh, oh. Why do you oh. think that might be his? Why oh. do you think that is, Paul? Uh, <laughs> You're busted. Yeah. His uh, second name is in Sherwood, doesn't uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd give him no uh, benefit of the doubt. He's out of order, uh, says Anne. Uh, another text says, women are crafty. That's boyfriend's ex knows exactly what she's doing and is trying to unsettle that woman to get at her for one reason or another. All oh, right, women are crafty. I love yeah. that. This is the ex now is being crafty. crafty uh, yeah. Obviously, the person who wrote into us isn't being crafty. <laughs> uh, ask him before you go snooping into his phone. Really? What kind of response would you like? Do you mind if I go snooping in your phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Do have a conversation. I really want to hear what happens after yeah, that so conversation. Do I. Yeah, so do I. Uh, Barbara and Declan, thank you both very much. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to uh, uh, take a break. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.